Hey guys, and welcome to part three of the Branch Ministries podcast slash video feed on how to stop addictions, especially pornography and breaking that bad habit in the name of Jesus. It's been a wonderful series so far. We hope that you have tuned in and listened to part one and part two. This is part three, so you may want to go back and start from the beginning because it builds on a foundation that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And in this episode, we're continuing to look at the war plans and we're, we've been looking at um, the war plans terrain from Unseen Media, Unseen Media Group, powerful. Their website is unscene.me. And it has a very easy to read guide. There's DVDs online, you can tune in. But on this episode, we are going to be talking about Lucifer, his fall, and how we can learn from that. And we're gonna close with some tangible ways how we could form good habits. So we wanna break bad habits. In the previous episodes, uh, we we talked about the brain, we talked about the frontal lobe, we talked about using scripture songs and Bible verses and resisting the devil and submitting to God and fleeing from the devil and recognizing that God is more great, more, more, God, more powerful than anything that enemy has to offer. We looked at tools that we can use like prayer and fasting, tools like scripture songs from Fountain View Academy, their, uh, their scripture singer app that you can download for free, tangible things that we can use as young men and yes, young women, to break these habits that the enemy has formed. And so today, we're going to start out by looking in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. And it's going to to highlight the state of Lucifer, what he was feeling in his heart. Now, you got to realize that Lucifer was was the covering cherub. He was in God's presence. He knew who God was. But something came in him. The Bible causes the mystery of iniquity. It somehow came inside of him where he thought his head was bigger than anyone else. And he wanted to not only be like God, he wanted to replace God and and for everyone else to worship him. And we're going to see how this applies to breaking these habits of pornography and what this means for us today. So I want to read a little preface first. And um, as we lead into the verse, remember it's going to be Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14, and I'll pass it over to my brother Thomas, who is also a medical nurse, an entrepreneur, a CEO, man of God. Glad to have you, Thomas, once again, to join us on this podcast. So we talk, you're more than welcome, my brother. When we talk about overcoming bad habits, you know, it's it's one of the only, overcoming bad habits is only on the surface of what we're truly dealing with when we're faced with pornography. Right, because the root, when we talk about the root now, before we're talking about the symptoms, in the grand scheme of things, in the great controversy, great book, by the way, make sure you try to buy that, download it for free, audiobook or otherwise, you got to read this at some point. When we look at the root of things, of good versus evil, this great controversy, and all suffering, the root of it is sin. The word of God says that sin is a transgression of the law. And ultimately, the law is God is love if we were to really boil it down. And so sin is going contrary to that law that God has established. And now Lucifer is the same angel that we know as Satan, but before when he was still in God's good graces, when he was still serving God as a covering cherub, his name was Lucifer. But when he fell, his name became Satan, the adversary, the accuser, 
the one that goes before God and say, hey, God, look at that. Look at your child's sin. He's so evil. He can't keep your law. Your law is too hard to keep. You're unjust. But we are here today to tell you that God's law is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Amen. Lucifer, he was doomed to fall the very second he took his eyes away from God. And he directed him, redirected his eyes to himself. So we're going to see that selfishness and self-reflection to the point where we think that we're greater than God has a very serious consequence. So my brother, I'm going to pass over to you. If you can direct us to Isaiah chapter 14, I'll let you uh, take the lead. Sure. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. I'm going to read Isaiah uh, chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. It reads, how art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which thou which thou did weaken the nations? For you say in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high. I heard a lot of eyes in there. Mm -hmm. He kept saying, I will do this. I will do that. He never said, God will, not once. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what, what, what stands out to you there, Thomas, when you read that? So, um, you see, this is about selfishness. It, it, rep it represents selfishness. It's the I, 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 I. You know, the, 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 the I problem. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> I, I, myself, and I. Um, I'm me, myself, and I. So, and, uh, you know, it says that in the last part, I will be like the most high. Mm -hmm. The problem wasn't necessarily that Satan wanted to be like God in, in character mm -hmm. because he wanted to have God, God's things. He wanted to have the throne of God. He wanted to have, you know, be above God, be better than God. To and, exalt his throne above the stars of God. Exactly. And not necessarily seeking after the character of god right so he was all about getting and selfishness and all those things and i think um as going back you know to the, to the root topic we're talking about talking about pornography right you know someone really put it this way to me when he was saying that like when you really think about anything that you're doing right in a sexual relationship or whatever it is um are you giving or are you getting Right. So when you when you're looking at pornography, the mentality that you have is the I I mentality. You I want to feel good. I want to, you know, just like see those naked women or see those naked men because they just struggle with pornography too. I just want to see that. I just want to feel good. And I just want to masturbate and have a quick orgasm. Exactly. That dopamine fix that you told us about. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas when you look at God's way of things, when you're in a relationship, when you're having sex with your wife. You, you, it changes from thinking about I, it's about like, how can I satisfy my wife, right? Mm -hmm. But then when, when it's all about I, 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 it's, it's, it's uh, you're doing so much harm to yourself and you're just thinking about yourself and you're not even thinking about most of the people who are in the sex trade, uh, all those pictures that you see online, most of them are actually people who are human, uh, who have gone through human trafficking. They actually doing it at, it's not, they actually forced to do those things, right? Like sometimes you just see them doing all those things in the videos. They actually 
in the background behind the camera there's someone who's pointing a gun at them if they they're don't do that, their life that. is at stake yes, right this is so a reality that's the reality of the yes. industry so when you're watching that you're only thinking about yourself you're not thinking about those ladies which are in there you're not thinking about as the bible said about like thinking them as our sisters right yes. um and we see that that goes back to the father of selfishness who's the devil he is the one who started with the eye problem that's, that's so deep and you touched on the fact that uh, oftentimes you know as guys we see these beautiful women makeup they look flawless they look perfect but we don't know what they're going through we don't know if they ran away from home if they were sold into sex trafficking if they're held hostage against their will if they're drug addicts if they had father issues if they were sexually abused there are so many things so much so much burden that as, as, as that they're going through from time to time and we're just watching it as entertainment as a quick release not thinking of their suffering have mercy upon us lord and you know what you you try to you be asked a question how is it that pornography can provide and open up so much more negative issues just beyond the mental lobe that we talk about and the frontal lobe sorry and the mindset and depression but as you're saying this, the Lord's revealing to me that if they're going through all of these extremely dark, horrific, terrific experiences, it is very possible, God bless these women, God bless these young men and women, that they too possibly, quite probably, are afflicted with demons themselves. Exactly. And so as we're watching and entertaining these things, as you told us before, as we behold, we become changed, we're allowing these demons themselves to enter into our mind, to sit upon our frontal lobe and to destroy us. And then we become self-centered. And it starts that never-ending cycle of wanting to please ourselves, to masturbate, to feel good in the moment and not worry about the long-term consequences. Do we ever stop to think, what's going to happen to this young lady, this young man, once they're washed up, once they're old and you know, unattractive as how the pornography industry wants them because they're not teens anymore or they're not that particular demographic that they're trying to attract. What happens to them? Exactly. These are God's children. Exactly. Exactly. Messy. I just want to say a word of prayer right now, bro, for all those people who have been trafficked, if you don't mind. Heavenly Father, we just want to pause this podcast right now to just lift up your name, Lord. God, you are great, you are wonderful, and you see all of us as your children. Now, I just want to pray for anyone who is stuck in the cycle of pornography in the industry, anything related to trafficking and sex and the trade, that God, truly, you came to set the captives free. And we pray in the name of Jesus that right now, wherever they are, whoever they are, it could be someone even listening or watching now, that you begin to work on their heart to remind them that you are, that they are worthy before your eyes, that they are perfectly and wonderfully made because you knew them from when they were in their mother's womb, oh God. And all you have been desiring for us from the fall of man was so that we can be reconciled onto your bosom, to come to you as the lost sheep. And I'm reminded, Jesus, that you said you would leave the 99 righteous to go and save that one unrighteous person. So I pray, God, if there's just one person that is listening to this, watching this in this moment, that you would release your spirit upon them, 
so that they feel your presence, know that they are loved, and that you, Jesus, would break the strongholds that the enemy has erected. Don't do this for Richard's sake. Don't do this for Thomas' sake or Branch Ministries. Do this because Jesus loves them. We thank you, O Father. We ask all these things through your son's precious name. Amen. Sorry, I just, I just felt impressed. Amen. Let's pray that God will make a movement there. Amen. Amen. You know, we are prone to sin and we fall when we make we choose to take our eyes away from Jesus. I think of Peter who asked Jesus, can I come and walk in the water? And he started walking. He was nervous at first. <laughs> but as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sink. Exactly. As you said, selfishness is the root cause of all of this. And it's really another word for sin. And if we uh, turn to James chapter 1, there's a very beautiful verse there. In James chapter 1, verses 14 to 15. Can you read it first, Thomas? So James is in the New Testament. Yes, sir. Going towards the end of the book of Hebrews. And we're going one chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. It talks about how, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away in his own lust and enticed. Then when the last has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. Hmm. I think we touched on this in the previous episode. Exactly. That sometimes we, we, we look at this thing like porn, and we look at our habits, whether it's smoking or drinking, and we say, oh, it's just one glass of wine. Oh, it's just one cup of coffee. It's just one you know drink of matcha tea. I'm talking about caffeine, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about nicotine. I'm talking about THC, marijuana. Uh -huh. Things that become socially acceptable. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I can just watch a little porn. You know, it's okay. Yeah. What does it say, Thomas? Where does it lead to? It leads, um, it says when last, in, um, it leads to last, and last leads to sin, and sin leads to death. It leads to death. Ultimately, it leads to death. And I think it's just a, a sobering reminder that something that seems so innocent, something that seems so, um, um, you know, has, has no power or you think that you have, you know, you're able to stop at any time. It's like the person who smokes a cigarette and they say, oh, I can stop any time. Why don't you stop? Yeah. They don't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to admit it. We have to humble ourselves. Second Quran Chronicles says that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Amen. Then I will hear from heaven, and then I'll forgive their sins, and then I will heal their land. And not only their land, but their bodies. They're living temples of the Holy Spirit. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus was able to perform many, many miracles for the people, but he never performed any miracle for himself. You know that he was not selfish at all. Jesus was the example of a selfless one. Exactly. If you exactly. remember, they were persecuting him. They whipped him. Uh -huh. he, he, he hugged the cross. He kissed the cross. When, mm -hmm. when he was being mocked and jeered, they slapped him in the face and said, who hit you? Prophesy unto us. They spat in his face. But like a sheep going to the slaughter. He was yeah. so selfless. Yeah. Yeah, he had so many opportunities to perform miracles for himself. You know, even the disciples were saying, "Bring fire down from heaven." Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there was that time he was in the desert and the devil is like, hey, if you be the son of God, turn the stones into bread. Mm. And pretty much like he was hungry, man. He was hungry. 40 days fasting, bro. 40 days. We struggled to fast one day. Yep. yep. And he was in the desert. The heat is yep. hot. Yeah. Our God is amazing. We don't know the price that Christ has paid. We don't know the half of it. Exactly. You know, his, his power was only used to glorify the Father in heaven and, and to save humanity. Mm. You know, because God is love. First yeah. John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. Love does not seek its own. You know, you look into another, um, there's a chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, which is called the chapter of love. I, I think that's the, that's the Beautiful. best. Beautiful. That's so fitting. Um, it explains what love is. You know, for example, in, in 1 Corinthians 18, verse 14, it, it talks about, uh, so verse, verse 4 to 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's right. 4 to 7, okay. Yeah, yeah. You want to read it? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, you, you, maybe you can read it on, on your end. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses, how about we take turns? So I'll read 4, I read 5, I read 6, you read 7. Sure. Okay, verse 4 in uh, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Hmm. It does not behave itself unseemingly. It does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes in all things, and it endures all things. Amen. I got to read verse 8. Love never fails. Amen. But whether their prophecies, they will fail. Whether their tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But the first three words, love never fails. Fails. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 And you know, love in in verse, uh, I believe it was verse five, verse five, which says it does not seek its own. Mm. And we were told earlier on that God is love, and here pretty much is saying God does not seek his own. And we saw it in the life of Christ, where his miracles were not meant to seek his own desires but they were always to glorify the father in heaven and to save humanity he had the opportunity to turn bread into stones into bread to just satisfy you know a fleshly desire which was you could think of it as legitimate he was hungry right right yeah you could say oh i'm starving i I need to i need to get some bread here so maybe i'll listen to the devil and turn this bread into stone exactly exactly and isn't that so true how we justify our sins too Exactly. Oh, in the Bible, it says the herbs are for the healing of the nation. Let me go smoke some weed. <laughs> you know, we take things out of context uh-huh. and distort God's truth to make it fit our narrative. Exactly. And that's exactly. selfishness. Exactly. Exactly. And so as we, now we're, we're seeing two sides being constructed, right? Con, contra, con, help me out on this one. English is my second language sometimes. Some words are hard. Contrast. Exactly. Yeah. You see two sides being con- con- contrasted. Oh, 
many contrasts between the both sides. Yeah. Both sides, yeah. Selfishness and unselfishness. Mm. Satan is way of doing and way, way of life. And you see God here is way of doing his way of life. And we see how God is about being selfless. God is about like, you know, seeking the good of others. And by us, when we concentrate on looking unto Jesus, it keeps us focused on serving others. And the best place to start when addressing, uh, this is the best place to start when uh, trying to address um, a bad habit is like mm. redirecting your energies into serving others, redirecting that free time where you end up like being stuck up in a, in a bad habit. Use you, you start utilizing that free time in uh, in serving others. And you know, I, I love that you mentioned serving others because it's important to know that we don't do it to get right. We we do it because the love of God compels us. Because I know a lot of people who are atheists who say, "Oh, I do good things. I donate to the poor. I volunteer at the food bank." Bahola, those things are great, but it's just the starting foundation. It's half of the commandments, right? The half that says, love others, love your neighbors as you love yourself. But they're forgetting the other side to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Because if you're missing that component, we still fall back into sin. So we can volunteer and see we're doing good deeds. Mm -hmm. But then if we don't have Jesus, and that's where the, the, the power of grace comes in, right? Because you recognize... When we read the scripture, we read the red writings of Christ and his life. Here is a perfect person who does, had, had, had done no evil, not even in thought. He didn't even think evil, right? Suffering because of everything wrong that we have done and that we do on an ongoing basis. Exactly. Unmerited favor. You exactly. don't deserve it. Exactly. The, the, the consequences of, of violating the law is death. Amen. And so because of that, God the Father had to send his son, as the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So doing good deeds is only half of the equation. The Amen. second half is that we have to make room for God's grace. And that comes through accepting Jesus as our Lord, our Savior. Not because our parents did or the pastor or, you know, someone else, but because we as individual men accepted him into our own hearts, right? And becomes personal to us. I think that's so important. Amen. 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 You know, uh, when we don't... Um, we have a greater tendency to please our own selfish desires when we're not looking to Jesus, when we're not spending time meditating on his words, his life, and ultimately his love for, for us. It's much harder to develop good habits when, when we're focusing our, our mind on ourselves and our own desires. And, uh, you know, there's a text, 2 Corinthians 5.14. It talks about what's the power that controls the Christian life. Maybe you can tend to 1 Corinthians 5.14. But like, what's the power that controls the Christian life? Mm -hmm. I just found it. It's beautiful. Can I read it? Yeah, feel free. 2 yeah. Corinthians 5 verse 14 says... For the love of Christ compels.
tells us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. I read the next verse, verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Amen. Praise amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so, um, you know, it even goes even further. I'm just going to skip verse 16, going to verse 17. It says, mm -hmm. therefore, if a man being Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Amen. And it's an amazing promise, especially after you have, you know, you're trying to, like, you know, walk again on the path of purity. You've had, like, things you have seen to your mind, and sometimes they come back. You have flashbacks and images in your mind. And, you know, here it's saying that when you be when you're in Christ, you become a new creature. All things are passed away. You know what? When Satan reminds you of those images, you can tell me that that's the old Thomas. He no more exists. He's gone. Mm. You know, I've, I've become a new creature in Christ. And going back to the text that you read, which says the love of Christ constrains us. Pretty much like if you, a different way of expressing this is like the love of Christ is the motive in everything that we do as, the, as what drives us. It's, it's, it's um, what makes us tick. Motivation. It's our motivation. Yes. So you come from a, from a point of just like desire, satisfying yourself and, and your selfish desires to a point where, you know, God is like wants you to be motivated by his love. And for us to really be motivated by his love, it's not just a philosophical concept of like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be motivated by God's love. It's like when you really experience God's love, you know, you know, when you're spending time with God, really realizing what, like what you say, that God was pure and perfect and he had no sin that he did. But for the sake of our own sins, for the sake of like those times we spend, you know, watching pornography, masturbating, doing all those things, Christ went to the cross for those sins. You know, Christ was nailed. You know, imagine a nail going through your hands, going through your feet. And Christ endured all of that because he loved us. He loves us. And when you really meditate upon that, that God loves you so much, you know, it, it, it motivates you. Like it now, is about if God loved me so much, the least that I can do is, also, is just like live the rest of my life uh, being motivated by the love of God like in serving other people, loving, loving God himself. And I think that's, that's just amazing. I think the world needs more of this. Like if we had more of love, more of the love of God, more of selflessness, more of like serving others, like honestly, like even the political divides, even everything that you see, the messed upness, you know, the rumors of wars and like, you know, countries not liking each other, all it boils down is a lack of love. Mm. love is the solution to all this thing, all the problems of wow. the world that's so deep and I, I'll be very transparent with you Thomas um, I've read the story about the cross I think I shed a tear or two watching uh, Passion of the Christ but I've never cried reading the Bible before this past weekend my wife and I were doing a devotion and we're reflecting on the cross and just using that sanctified imagination of the whips upon his back, the 33 whips, you know, it goes beyond that. These whips had little balls of steel that would rip out pieces of flesh, exposing bone, exposing muscles, exposing nerves. 
right? That as, he, as his hands were on the cross, his hands were dislocated, being pulled out of position, and he had to prop himself up to breathe and to gasp for air. And the same time he's bleeding from the side, he has a crown of thorns sticking into his head, and he's struggling there on the cross. And for the first time in my life, as I read this, the Spirit of God came on me and I wept. Now, I'm a man. Men don't cry, right? No, I, cried, I, I cried at my wedding. That was the only time I cried. But I literally wept uncontrollably. I said, God, I did not understand before until it became personal. It became personal for me. And I think a lot of Christians who are born into the church, it's sort of at a disadvantage because they sometimes don't have the opportunity to have that encounter with Jesus themselves. They have their parents encountered, but they miss their encounter themselves. And that happened to me because I was, my mother was raised in the church and she passed it down to me. So I took it for granted. I didn't understand the depth of the love that God has provided and made available for each of us through his grace. And I remember uh, the writer Ellen G. White says, we should spend a thoughtful hour each day thinking about the death, crucifixion, and resurrection of our Lord and risen Savior. So that as, as you mentioned, those neurological pathways, it becomes that much more concretized exactly. in our mind. So when exactly. the devil comes and he tries to tempt us, we can say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. You know, and, and in, in this journey, right, it's not like you do it once and you're good to go for the rest of your life. You know, it's like it's not like one thing. <laughs> you know, we need to renew our consecration to God each day. Yes. And to, to, to and and sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you have this like amazing experience, you know, you pray to God, you know, day one, day number two, day number three, and then day number four, you start to having like these thoughts coming back to your mind, you know, this this cravings to go back to you know to the old parts. And you know, you have to realize that like this journey, this battle. It's going to be a battle for life, mm. right? And until Christ comes or we lay in the grave while waiting for his second coming, we have to daily, daily deal with this battle. We have to daily surrender our wills. You know, uh, old habits and tendencies uh, to do wrong may challenge us for control, but we must always be on guard, striving in Christ's strength for victory. God wants us to look at him. Mm. Real love, because he... Uh, because love subdues selfishness, you know, just as the light subdues darkness, love also subdues uh, selfishness. God also wants us to know that he uh, also wants us to know him because the more we choose to spend time with him, the more we are changed into his character. You know, we touched a little bit about it uh, on the last episode when we were touching into Second Corinthians 3 verse 18, which talks about like by beholding him, we become changed by the mm. You put in our environment, you become changed. And it reminded me of something else I wanted to recommend as a resource. There's this, um, at that time you were talking about uh, Audio Bible. There's an app I bumped into last week and I'm loving it. It's called Dwell, D W E uh, L. So Dwell. And it has the Bible with just like so a little bit of some dramatization, some bedroom music. There's different reading plans and it's just like, 
honestly, sometimes when I'm just realizing that, like, you know what, the devil is near me, <laughs> I plug those earphones and I just like dwell in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's powerful. I have the U version of the Bible as well on my phone. It's an app. It's a very simple app. Um, let me pull it up so you guys see what it looks like. It's called the U version. And oh, it has. Yeah. I think I have that one too. But the, the beautiful thing is that it's you can bright, also brown icon, right? So you can listen to it. So if you're tired, you have no reason why you can't listen to the word, right? So you have dwell. We have we have the scripture singer from Fountain View Academy with the beautiful scripture songs. We have the U version Bible app. There's audio verse. There's uh, the unseen media group, the unseen.me where God has given us these tools Amen. to fight the spiritual warfare. We're not alone. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so encouraged right now in this moment, bro. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And, uh, you know, if, if you remember in the last episode, we also referenced uh, Psalm 119 verse 11. Yes. Talks about thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? Amen. So, um, and King David actually wrote those words, and he wrote those words to help us from keeping from sinning. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's interesting that in that Bible text that says that that I might not sin against you. Right? It's talking about God, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, some of the times like. Um, when we are in this like you know in this space of pornography and everything usually it happens it doesn't happen people don't watch pornography in public you know people go into dark rooms and everything when they isolate and and, and they watch it right because sure. no one else is watching but what we don't realize is like we look around right we're looking all the four dimensions and like so not the east the south to the west okay we see oh no one is there right mm -hmm. but what we forget to do is we forget to look up mercy god is always ever present and he's watching us in the whole process so here david is saying like hey that i might not sin against you because really he's sinning against he's recognizing that god is in the presence of everything every time we're doing anything god is there and sometimes it, it really i'm really ashamed when i realize that there are certain things that i did in the very presence of god while god is watching but you know it's it's a the Bible is encouraging. The Bible is saying like, you know, I have keep, kept your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like when yeah. you keep that word, when you memorize that word, right? It's going to, um, God is going to help us. It's going to help us to remember it. It's going to give us power. And um, it's an amazing thing that God has given us tools. Amen. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto the salvation of Jesus Christ. And I, I, I totally know what you're talking about, man. When you, you're, the lights are off, it's dark, no one's there, and you think you're alone. And we have that initial struggle at first. Like, I don't want to do it. I know it's wrong, but it feels good. And then exactly. it's almost as if we drown out the voice of God. Exactly. But what exactly. we're really doing is that we're telling the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I know you're convicting me, mm -hmm. but I want to do it my way. I want to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And what that leads to is you actually grieve the Holy Spirit. What we don't realize, the Holy Spirit is so sensitive. He's so sensitive to our emotions, our words, our thoughts, because he knows our thoughts. and our, He knows everything. He's God. You know, it's, it's God's spirit. So when we shun the Holy Spirit and we think that we know best, he leaves us. 
But we're reminded, submit to God and resist the devil. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. So in that moment when temptation comes, flee from the devil, turn that porn off, shut the screen down, look away from what you're looking at, you know, and just get on your knees, pull out your Bible and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. And it's that humility. It's Amen. that humility and the stillness. When we're able to just surrender, that's when God comes in and he rescues us. He has never failed and he will never fail you. But you have Amen. to believe, you have to trust, you have to submit yourselves onto God. Amen, amen. And, and you know, you mentioned about um, the moments that you see a temptation come, run away. And like, um, one of the traps that I used to fell into is that like, when you see something, uh, you confuse temptation with sinning. And let me let me break down what I mean right Please. here. You 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 just you know innocently on Instagram or innocently you know just doing your research or you're doing your schoolwork or whatever you're on YouTube you're trying to find out something then something pops up to you, which is obviously of the enemy you know a naked lady a naked man whatever it is, and then in that moment you feel like you've already gone back to your pathways. You feel like, oh man. And the devil attacks your identity at that point where mm. he's like, you're a sinner, man. You've done this in the past, man. Come on, man. That, that point, you know, the Bible says uh, temptation is not sin. At that point, what I found for me is one of the ways the devil used to, you know, just like get me is just like make me feel like, oh, just the fact that I have seen this and then it triggers other images in my mind, right? Which start to flash out from the past. Mm -hmm. um, I started to feel, oh, I'm so dirty. Like, you know what? I started to feel like, you know what? I, God doesn't even deserve me right now and everything. Yeah. And at that point, you're in a valley of temptation. You actually haven't sinned yet. And so the devil really comes to that point and he's trying that's, that, that's such a good point, brother. Please, please uh, attack break that. our identity. Right. So when you're in that moment, when your identity is being attacked, you need to remind yourself who you are. You're a child of God. God died for you. You know, you need to. And something I've gotten into the habit of is actually going down in my journal and writing my identity, all the promises about what God says about who I am as a person, despite my flaws and everything, I write them down. So in those moments, you know, when the devil comes and he's trying to attack you, to try to yeah. trap you into like, oh, you've been tempted, you've already sinned. Why do you even think about it? Who thinks about this? <laughs> I mean, like, people are like, you think about this. You know, I go back to those promises. I'm like, no, that's not my identity. The, my identity, you know, God tells me that if a man being Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. This is not me. Amen. This is the whole problem. The Thomas you're talking about, he died a long time ago. He's dead. Praise He's gone to the graveyard. Yes. You might find him. Amen. <laughs> if you have the power to resurrect, go resurrect him. I'm a new creature. I'm crucified with Christ. The life I now live is not I, but Christ who lives through me. Yes. Praise the Lord. And I think it's very important that like, because the devil is so subtle in those moments, like you can feel like you're almost gone when you're not. When the, God really wants you to realize that temptation is not sin. Like when you realize that temptation has come into play, go to the, those promises about your identity. I'm reminded of a verse that says that God will not give us more than we can bear. Exactly. And that 
once we're in a moment of temptation, that Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, will provide an exit. Exactly. And so exactly. I'm reminded, I thought, I thought of Joseph. You remember Joseph in uh, Potiphar's house? And Joseph was a man of God. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he became the prime minister and a big leader. And Potiphar's wife was just like, I want this young man. He looks attractive. He's handsome. He's strapping. He's strong. He's smart, intelligent. Of course, he had the spirit of God on him, right? So obviously, he had all these things. He was blessed. She wanted to sleep with him. She wanted him to commit adultery against his master. And you know what he did? He said, how can I do this sin against my God? And he's in her bedroom because she called him in. But he ran away. And she grabbed after him and took his, his, his scarf or his tunic or a piece of his cloth or something. I don't know what it was. But he fled. He fled the scene. So he was tempted. So to make your point, he was tempted. But he didn't act on the temptation. Exactly. He exactly. fled away and God made an exit. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the past, past, uh, I think it's in the first episode when we were talking about how um, there are so many, it's all over around us. Pornography is in ads, it's in magazines, mm -hmm. it's in like everywhere where, where you go. Like, you know, sometimes like, um, I, I don't want to go even explaining it, but, you know, there's something uh, which um, someone said, which I found it to be very interesting. You say that you cannot uh, prevent birds from flying above your head, but you can prevent them from making a nest in your head. Wow. Say that one more time, please. <laughs> so, digest that. <laughs> you cannot prevent birds from flying above your head. They're always going to fly. They fly in the sky. That's their mm -hmm. realm and territory. But you can, you can prevent them from making a nest in your head. Mm -hmm. So pretty much we find ourselves in this world where you, we can't really prevent some of the things that are just in our face, you know, on billboards and everything, right? Otherwise, you become a hermit. You go to the mountains. <laughs> you can avoid all of that. Yeah. But even when you're in the mountains, it comes into your mind. <laughs> True. And it takes out your brain. <laughs> but you can prevent those things from taking root in your, in your mind, right? So we can be like, this bed is not going to make a nest in my head. I refuse in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's beautiful, brother. You know, we're getting to a close here. We have maybe a couple more points to make. You know, habits can work for us. And we talk about habits being bad. I don't want to say habits are bad. They're not bad. There are certain habits that are bad. But remember, just as easy as they can work against us, habits can work for us. Let's look at some of the things that can happen when God controls the terrain of habits. I'll go through a couple, and Thomas is going to come through and share a couple as well. The first one I'd like to share is the first point, is that we can get into the habit of praying all the time. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Ellen White has a beautiful scripture, a line that says um, in her writings, that prayer is the breath of the soul. You know, it's, it's like the connecting of the mother's umbilical cord to the child. It gives that child nourishment. It gives that child life and nutrients that it needs to survive, oxygen. In the same way, when we are connected to God in prayer, you don't have to say a long prayer. Just thank you, Jesus. Blessing of the Lord. Thank you for helping me to overcome. I praise your name, O oh God. Simple one-liners. We, we overcomplicate it, but God just says, call upon me, and he will hear us in time of need. But we need, to get, we need to get into this habit, especially when there's a problem. Because sometimes we get faced with a problem and we think, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I 
going to do? You, you see that? Exactly. What am I going to do? We just say, oh no, what is God going to do? Not even, oh no, well, there's a problem. God, this is your problem. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. And, and you know, you mentioned, sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned that prayer is the bread of the soul, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about bread, right? You can go for like 40 days, right? Without eating food. You can go for like, I don't know how many days can you go. Is it like three or four days? Or I can't remember the days, but some number of days without having water. I mm-hmm. think it's about three or four days. Your kidneys uh, start shutting down. Your body starts shutting down. Even up to maybe eight at, at the max. Yeah. But you can only go for so many minutes without air. Right. right? You try, try to hold your breath for as long as we're doing these exactly. podcast series. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I think it's about eight minutes that you can only go without breath. And now the Bible is saying prayer is the breath of the soul. Mm. What that indicates, it didn't say prayer is the water of the soul or prayer is the bread of the soul. <laughs> it says it's the bread of the soul, which means like we constantly need it. Constantly Beautiful. need it. And there are certain times where you're going to find yourself in situations where you're tempted and you're at work in a busy place, you can pray, you can do what? You can always pray in your mind. And there are other times where I realize right now I'm in a state of temptation. I just really excuse my, wherever I am, like, guys, I need to go to the washroom. I don't have to explain why I'm going to the washroom. (laughs) No one's going to question you, right? Exactly. (laughs) And I go and I sit on the toilet and I pray. And I'm like, Lord, right now I need to utilize this moment to pray. That's powerful, brother. I've heard of, like, stories of, like, you know, people very busy people like medical students like doing their rotation and they literally don't have any time to do anything they're working 80 hour days and like literally they came to the point of realizing if i want to stay connected with god i have to be like literally (laughs) every time i'm going to the toilet or i say i'm going to the toilet i'm constantly going to pray to pray to pray to stay connected with god but i love the point that you made that you can pray in your mind exactly we don't have to be out loud lord jesus help me just in your mind, like, he hears you. He knows the hearts, the hearts of man. Exactly. But he sees our intent. And that's a key part of it. If we're intentionally seeking after him, he's going to come. He's going to come like the rushing wind. Exactly. The second thing, in addition to the habit of prayer, um, we can find ourselves driven to study the Bible. You know, the Bible, if you're, if you're not looking at it with the idea of searching for God or with help, it could just be a fairy tale. It could be a narrative. It could be a philosophical book. It could be a book about nice thoughts and poetry and songs. But it's so much more than that. The Bible is alive. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, which means that the words that we're sharing, it's cutting us as well because it reveals our sin. So don't think that we're sharing this with you because we've overcome pornography and we have arrived and that we have ascended and we have transcended. Oh, no, no, no. The Bible clearly tells us what our state is. We are the church of Laodicea. We are blind, we are miserable, we are wretched, we are naked, we are filthy. However, however, because of the grace of Jesus, because of him pouring out his love upon us and giving us his robe of righteousness, we can stand before God justified in the same hour that he forgives us of our sin. And Satan can no longer accuse us of all the things we've done in the past. And we mentioned this in another episode that God himself says that he will remember our sin no more. As far as the east is from the west, though our sins be as like scarlet, he will make them as white as wool. And I praise God 
for doing that miracle in our lives on a daily basis because we go to God seeking not only forgiveness daily, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in the same breath, we need to also read the word daily. Even if it's just one verse, one chapter, doesn't have to be a whole lot. You know, the word should be a joy to us. It shouldn't be a burden. It should be a delight. So just read one text. If it's just one text, a psalm or a proverbs or the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, start with the red words, the writings of Jesus. I guarantee you, by the grace of God, it will transform your life. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. I think that you could do a practical thing is like finding yourself in the habit of just sharing with others without having to think about it. So, you know, encouraging other people, you know, telling people about Jesus, telling people about like how to overcome like pornography, telling yes. people about all those things. Like sharing your testimony as well, like how we're sharing right now. It's such a relief, such a, a release. You remember the verse in Revelation that says that they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. Exactly. By the word of their testimony and exactly. by not loving their life even onto the death. Exactly. The testimony that we have that God has done in your life is so important. Amen. 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 And you know what? When you share, like you're saying, it relieves so much better on you. You start to live in freedom and you start to be able to create environments where um, you can overcome. Like, for example, like when I, you know, started um, got into a relationship with my girlfriend, um, you know, we started talking about those things. We started talking about intimate things like sexuality and everything, the struggles mm-hmm. I've had in the past and like how I came to a point of like, hey, babe, I, I want you to support me and be my, you know, my accountability partner in the journey yes. of overcoming. And that's so beautiful. Like we've fallen so much in love with each other, knowing that together we're in the path of becoming more like Christ and overcoming and fighting the devil. And um, so that I'm sharing just made it, so easier for me i knew there was nothing i was hiding from my girlfriend and um another thing that you can do is like you can find yourself loving naturally you know no matter what happens getting into the habit of loving mm-hmm. and you know there's something really good that you feel when you do love you know that's why the bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive yes. whenever you're giving love or giving material whatever it is you you're you it's, it's, it's a habit that you just should just like start nurturing because the fact that you're feeling good, you know, if you go back to, you know, to the previous episodes, it's like that dopamine being released into, into you mm-hmm. without resensitizing yourself to pleasure. You're now like getting yourself into a place where you're getting into good habits that you feel good about, right? You're, you're using your brain chemistry to your advantage and, um, basically you're creating yourself a, a lifestyle where you can really enjoy life. Like the best way to enjoy life is to like love others. You to give yourself yeah. others to, to serve, to serve others. That's why we see Christ. That's what, that's all you did. No, serving that's others. So beautiful. One thing I'd add to that, Thomas, I think those are excellent points from praying, from reading the word, from sharing with others, from loving others naturally. Count your blessings. Uh, there's a lady at my church, Sister Faith. She always says, have an attitude of gratitude. Oftentimes we, we look at all the problems and all the issues and things that could go wrong, but how often do we stop and say, thank you, God. I have both my hands. I have my eyesight. I have a roof over my head. I have a meal on my, on my table. You know, my bills are paid. You know, the little things okay. we just take for granted. And I think that sometimes God intentionally takes us out of our comfort zone. So that we can recognize those things that he had given us so freely that we had not appreciated. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise Amen. God.
So I think it's important to remember that whoever controls this battlefield, this war zone, this terrain, gains the advantage of the autopilot. Meaning that as we form good habits and replace the bad habits, right? It becomes a natural tendency. As we read before, the love of Christ compels us. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, we're Christians now, so we're going to do good. No, it's we're Christians now because we love Jesus so much. We can only help but to follow his footsteps and follow his example and walk in his path. Exactly. Exactly. It's beautiful. You know, Thomas, we have, I think, uh, one, last, uh, one last point to make in this third edition of, our, of, our, of this podcast on overcoming pornography and habits only by the grace of God. And Amen. it's about replacing those habits. So give us a, a practical exercise that we can use to maybe, because first in the first episode, we had talked about um, listing out some of those bad habits that we want to replace. And we talked about first, remember that self-assessment was think of four bad habits that you're currently struggling with in your life, that you want to change the good habits, write them down on the next page. Hope you did that. To find the cause of the habit, ask yourself why you're doing it. Then write down below the context of your bad habits. Remember that was like the location, maybe the people you hang out with, the weather, the environment, the, you know, the feelings attached to that particular person or event, et cetera. What is the flip side of that? The flip side of it is like, uh, I want you to just sit down, think and, and list at least four good habits that you can start doing to replace the old habits that you listed on the, you know, previously. So you list habit number one, number two, number three, number four. And remember, um, sorry, <laughs> my, my, my apologies, I'm just gathering my thoughts. And so what you wanna, what you wanna do is like, when you list these habits, you're going through the process of now like actively creating new pathways of like, okay, now I want to consciously nurture these uh, four new habits. Yes. And uh, don't try to stop a, a habit. Instead, redirect the ta- the, your thoughts, your time and energy to somewhere else, which is the new habits, right? And uh, you want to be able to now reinforce those new habits that you're, you're now working on. Reinforce those new habits. The more you reinforce them, the more those paths are, uh, are traveled on. And uh, the other the habits, you know, more like spending your time in them, the more they, you know, start to like, you know, to vanish out, out, of, out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a daily thing. Yeah, it's not like exercise, right? The same way we build muscles and we go to the gym and we try to eat healthy and we have an effect on the body. We have to realize too that as you're saying, as we replace those bad habits with these four good realistic habits, you know, like exactly. reading the Bible, praying more, being thankful, giving on to others and doing on to others as we have them do on to us. As we replace those bad habits with good habits, you know, we begin to see more of Jesus. We begin exactly. to see that we're not alone in the struggle. We begin to see that uh, it's possible to change. But we also recognize that change doesn't happen overnight. It's a gradual process of sanctification where as we submit to God daily, as we build, we go to the gym and we exercise, we can't just lose 100 pounds or 50 pounds or even 10 pounds overnight. It has to be first intentional in the mind. And then we have to set out a plan like we've laid out in this three-part series. And now we have to pray and ask God, God, give me the strength. Give me the wisdom and the ability to do this. And Lord, for the things that I can't do, please do it for me. Amen. 
Amen. And just remember to take one step at a time and one day at a time. So beautiful. Claiming God's promises all along the way. All along the way. Um, I just want to read um, from Ephesians chapter 6. Because we we mentioned about this verse in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12. That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This is a serious battlefield this is a war zone that we're going through on a daily basis but the bible gives us a very simple answer here and i would love to read it it's called putting on the armor of god and we were talking about being in a in a war how can you be in the war without an armor does the bible talk about putting an armor on it does it actually does that same chapter ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 thomas you have in front of you yes i do if you want to read verse 13 i'll read alternatively and we can go through it together Okay, okay, okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Actually, I thought I did have it. Maybe you can start and I'll, I'll join. Sure, you. sure. So I'll actually start from um, verse 11. Now let's get to verse, and you can start from verse 13 since you read verse okay. 12 just now. Sounds so verse good. 11 introduces by saying, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. We got to finish this this chapter because it's so beautiful. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We read all so many times. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Verse 19. Verse 19. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20 closes with, For I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Here we have the Apostle Paul recognizing his infirmities, recognizing that he is still weak after serving God with all his heart, all his mind, seeing that he's an ambassador in chains still because he's in the flesh. And Paul often referred to the fact that he had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what that is, but we'll get, we'll know when we get to heaven. But the fact is that he struggled. And if Paul himself, the, the, the apostle Paul struggled, how much more will we? If Peter, who was walking with Jesus, struggled, how much more will we? If John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus himself, who was his cousin, was having doubts in prison, how much more will we? But I'm reassured and reminded that Jesus says, in this world, you shall have tribulation, Uh but be of good cheer cheer. because he, our Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, has overcome the world. Amen. Thomas, if you can read for us 1 Corinthians 15, verses 57 to 58, I think it'd be a beautiful way to end our third edition installment. I mean, reads, but thanks be to God who gave us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise the Lord. And just remember, take it one step at a time, one day at a time, claiming God's promises along the way. In my relationship with my wife, she speaks Spanish. She's from the Dominican Republic. In our relationship in Spanish, they have a, a saying. I don't speak Spanish, but I know this one saying. It goes, una cosa a la vez, which means one day at a time. And that's what God expects from us. He doesn't expect us to be changed right away. He will work on us in our time. He is gentle. He is meek. He is kind. Do not beat yourself up if you're struggling. God is with you. And we pray that this has been informative, has been a blessing. And just know that you are equipped by the grace of God to go forth, to conquer, not by might, nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. I'm going to close in prayer, and then I'm going to say our goodbyes. But I feel very impressed to pray right now for anyone listening. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for this amazing opportunity to come together as your children, to expose the darkness that Satan has inflicted upon your children. We have been oppressed. We have been struggling with issues of pornography, of bad habits, of addictions for far too long. And you are calling your children to wake up out of love because you want us to draw closer to you and to flee from the devil. You've given us so many tools and have inspired so many of your servants to develop these tools, whether it's audio verse, whether it's um, the scripture songs from Fountain View Academy, whether it's the Dwell app, whether it's you know this, this unseen media group, hallelujah. You've given us so much your word, even this power of prayer, the privilege of prayer, this gift of prayer, to know that as we are uttering these words, we're not just talking to ourselves, but that you bend your ear down to heaven and that you listen to every moan, every groan, every utterance. And even if we came and say the words, you see the depths of our heart. So I pray for each one of your childs, each, sorry, each one, of, each one of your children who are struggling with the issue of pornography specifically, Lord that today that you alone would break the chains. And again, it's not because of Thomas. It's not because of me. It's because of your Holy Spirit. So Amen. Holy Spirit, do what you have to do. Convict the hearts of men, women, and children. Your Bible says that weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So my prayer is that after they've submitted their hearts to you, after you've entered and forgiven them and made them whole, that the joy that's promised will come in the morning. We thank you, God, for hearing our prayers and for answering and for releasing the shackles, the chains that Satan has placed upon our souls. We ask and bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This has been our third and final installment. If you haven't seen part one or part two, please, I'm begging you, it's so important, just go back scroll through, take it in. It'll be a blessing to you. We want to thank you for subscribing, for tuning in, for sharing. Uh, this has been an installment from Branch Ministries. We're sorry our brother TK could not be here, but we pray by the grace of God he will be here for the next installment. We are praying for every listener, every watcher. And so may you go with God. May God bless you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Bye for now, guys.